This is episode number 223 on the Rising Men podcast with me, Jetty Azuma. Nowhere to go but up. Welcome back, Rising Man fam. Thank you for joining me here today. It's Jetty Azuma again here for another episode of the Rising Man podcast. Before I jump into today's episode, I want to invite you all, if you're not already registered and signed up, come on over, join the Rising Man Brotherhood. All you got to do is go to risingman.org slash brotherhood. You can join our free Telegram group if you want to jump into the spark level, or if you're ready to be on a fire circle team, we got one waiting for you. Just go to risingman.org slash brotherhood and get yourself hooked up there today. All right. Today's episode, it's just me in here. So decided it was a long time since I've done a solo episode here on our Thursday interview slot. So I'm jumping in. And today I'm going to explore the state of men's work. It's been almost five years since the creation of The Rising Man, and there's been a lot of evolution in the men's work space. So I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about what's working and what's not working, why we need a higher standard of accountability in our circles of men, what's possible for all of us, especially our families, when we begin living more collaboratively, and last but not least, what's about to explode in The Rising Man Brotherhood this and so much more. But without further ado, me, Jetty Zuma. All right. Well, almost five years ago now, I remember exactly where I was. I was in a coffee shop in Topanga Canyon. It was November. Yeah, it was November. It was November, Topanga Canyon. And oh, no, 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 not Topanga Canyon. It was Thousand Oaks. I was in Thousand Oaks, California, just outside of Los Angeles proper. And I was sitting down trying to figure out what to call the podcast. For months, I'd already decided that I wanted to create a podcast. I wanted to get the message out there. I wanted to talk to other men about what it meant to be a man in the world. And nobody else was having the conversation that I wanted to have. I literally did a search on Google. I searched on iTunes. I searched everywhere I could think to find a podcast for men. And there was literally 10 of them. And of those 10, there was three of them that were actually talking about relevant men's topics, not just how to get chicks and football and all that stuff. So I remember sitting in that coffee shop. I had a list of possible podcast names for what this ended up being. And I'll never forget when the rising man popped into my head. It was like that moment where the clouds part and all of a sudden there's just a, and the light shines through. And I remember I was like, is this the one? Is this the one? And I sent it out to a few people and I, I already knew. I just got confirmation that that was the one. And I think about that right now as I reflect, here we are. We're coming up on five years, five years since the rising man hatched as an idea in my head. And I think about what I was focused on back then. You see, at that time, all I really wanted to do was to have a more relevant conversation with more men about what does it mean to be a man? I was curious. I was genuinely curious what, what other men's experiences were of being a man on this planet. Because I know up until that point, I had had all types of experiences and ideas of what it meant to be a man. And so all I wanted to do was just to invite men into that conversation. At this point in time, I'd already been involved with the men's team for, I guess, five years, six, five years at that point. And I could see that there was something I was getting out of being on a men's team that other men didn't have. And I wanted every man to have that because, and this is no hyperbole, this is no exaggeration. Men's team saved my life. 
And not only did it save my life, it's allowed me to have a greater version of a life that I, that I never dreamed possible. Now, I give a lot of credit to where I come from because of not just sitting in circles with men, not just talking about feelings, not just expressing myself in ways that I never have before, but the type of support that's possible, that's available when men show up for each other in this way, that's what made the difference for me. That's what I'm talking about here. That's, that's what Rising Man was founded upon. It's literally the soil in which Rising Man was seeded and what it's sprouted from. And so I think about that now. Why, do I, why am I telling the story of Rising Man five years ago? Because five years ago, we didn't have all these different men's organizations. Back then, th th there were no men's organizations. There was a few people with podcasts. There was a couple people who were inviting men into sacred spaces. But there weren't any men's organizations. And of course, there was Mankind Project. There was people who were coming from the Sterling Men's Weekend. There, there was the first generation of men's circles. But all the ones that are around and available now, they didn't exist. In five years, inside of five years, we've come so far. We've shown up in mainstream periodicals. I was in, um, what the hell is the magazine's name again? GQ. I was in GQ, featured as part of a, a longer expose that they did on a Sacred Sons event. They're talking about men's work. They're talking about men getting together. And sure, it's in some cases, they're satirizing it. And then they're making, they're making fun of, of what we're doing. But the fact that people are talking about men's work, men getting together, supporting each other, that's, that's so much distance we've covered in just five years. And I'm grateful to have been able to witness it. Even back then, I remember as I was seeing these other organizations and leaders stepping forward, leading the charge, calling men into the circle, back to the fire, enthusiasm. I felt nothing but excitement all this time because when I first got started, I just wanted other men to have access to it. And now it's something that is, I won't quite say it's mainstream yet, but when you say men's work, men's circles, I'm looking for a men's circle, men's group, a men's team. That's something that people identify with. Even if they've never experienced it before, they're like, oh yeah, I've heard about that. I'm looking for a men's circle. There's men who are looking for men's circles now. When not too long ago, men didn't even know what that was. So yes, of course, we're making progress. Yes, we've come so far. There's still so much more left to do. So much more left to do. Because <laughs> just as with anything else, when we have new and exciting things popping up, there's going to be people who step into the space and don't know what they're doing. People who just want to capitalize on an opportunity, on a moment. People who are not noticing or not conscious of how much they're making it about themselves when they say that they want to support people and they want to show up for others, but it's really just an ego trip, an insidious kind of ego trip. That's what I want to talk about today, because here we are. Five years removed from the in initial breath of life into Rising Man. And to me, it's a pivotal moment. It's a pivotal moment in the time of men's development, men coming back together. In those five years, we've lived through a pandemic, right? We had the emergence of the Me Too movement. We've had so many, the, the, word, the phrase toxic masculinity, right? Things that didn't exist five years ago now are 
just as common language, if not more so than men's work. So we've got a lot to contend with. We've got a lot of heavy lifting to do. So I wanted to talk about what's working. Let's talk about what's working. First of all, men getting together and spending time with each other, that's working. I remember when I got started and, and somebody told me a statistic. I don't know where it comes from. I'm not that type of person that keeps track of all the research and evidence. But someone told me that there was an overwhelming majority. I want to say it was over 80% of people in a study, men who could not identify a best friend. That was foreign to me because I've had best friends my whole life, different ones at different times. Fortunately, I've got best friends now that I've had for more than half of my lifetime. So that's unusual. That's way above the, the average. I've got multiple best friends and some people don't have that. And now we've got men who are spending more time with each other, who are circling up and talking about things beyond just superficial dialogue, beyond talking about the news or current events, sports, whatever it is, right? We're actually talking about conversations in depth. We're seeing men who are more open to at least admitting that we have emotions, let alone sharing them and processing them with other people. We've got men in all different corners of the planet talking about mental health. Just think about the number of celebrities and athletes who've come forward and talked about their journeys with mental health. We've had Olympic athletes, men and women, step forward and, and take breaks, saying that the pressure, admitting to how great the pressure was to perform. To me, all of this is progress. It's working. When we're creating these intentional spaces for us to come together, to be honest about our experiences, that's, that's number one. Even back then, when, when Rising Man just got started, I always said that the first medicine for us is relatability. We got to be able to relate to each other's experiences because as soon as we can, as soon as I can see myself as not unique compared to you, compared to any other man walking down the street, then I don't feel like an outsider anymore. The burden doesn't feel so heavy when I know I'm not the only one carrying it. So transparency, vulnerability, honesty, it's working. It's working for us. You know what else is working? Getting the word out. I see a lot of men who are willing to share things on their social media accounts that they never would have shared before because of what it would have meant about them, right? I remember growing up in high school and college, it was the worst insult you could get was being gay. You're so gay. You're such a homo. Don't be a bitch, right? We've all heard that before. But I see more men shrugging off these comments. And yeah, sure, we're not, not everybody, but shrugging off these comments saying, dude, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Nothing about what I just said has anything to do with my sexuality. So what are you talking about? I see men who are starting to be able to stand up and assert themselves, think for themselves, choose vision and purpose and direction apart from other people's influences. That's what I want for every man. That's what we need from every man. To be able to identify that for yourself, to be, be able to identify direction and purpose, focus, to put your attention in a mission, on a mission that matters to you. That's what every one of us needs. It's starting to happen. It's working. There's more men who are leaving corporate jobs that don't serve them, that were causing stress and overwhelm, who are taking better care of their bodies, who are starting businesses, who are educating themselves beyond what they learned in college. I mean, just think about how much has changed in the last decade. I finished graduate school in 2010. And back then, man, there was, there was nothing out there available to young men encouraging us to be entrepreneurial. I, most of us probably couldn't even spell that word back then. 
<laughs> Maybe some of us still can't spell that word now. But either way, that wasn't the conversation 10 years ago. Even five years ago. Sure, yeah, there were, there were more. But just look at it now. Look at how many people are carving out their own path in the world. It's inspiring. The fact that there are so many opportunities and avenues for men to have access to a circle. I mean, if you've got a Wi-Fi signal, you don't have an excuse for being out there alone anymore. If you have internet and you can listen to a podcast or you can join a community call, you don't have an excuse for being alone or feeling alone anymore. There's no excuse for the lone wolf story. If you're still doing that, it's because you're choosing to. It's not because you have to. It's not because you're under-resourced. It's available. Doesn't matter what color you are. Doesn't matter how old, young. Doesn't matter your background, religious, faith, experience, whatever. None of that matters anymore because there are men's spaces for every single type of person. That's working. Because the more excuses that we eliminate, that we move off the table, then we're going to get more men who are getting supported in the way we need them to be. So there's a lot of things that are working. And I want to just acknowledge and highlight that first. Because of course, you know, I'm going to talk about the things that aren't working. Because <laughs> there's also a lot of that too. What's not working? Well, there's a lot of these spaces and events that are being created, but there's no continuity. In fact, I would say of all the things that aren't working, this is the most important one to focus on. There's not enough continuity from one experience to the next. It's one thing to show up for an event two, three, four days, but to carry that flame and move it forward. Otherwise, it's just a spark. To sustain a fire, to really build relationships that matter, it requires time, reps, energy over time. That doesn't just happen overnight. You don't just get a best friend by going to a four-day workshop with somebody. Sure, you can open up some really deep connection, some really honest, vulnerable, transparent experiences with each other. But man, in order to have the type of support that I'm talking about, we're talking about years, compounding experiences, one after the other, showing up for each other, doing what you said you were going to do, being there for somebody when they really need you, not just at a retreat, but when it really counts, when it really matters, when you lose a loved one, when a relationship's falling apart, when you're standing on a bridge and you have that thought, maybe I should just jump. Those are the times when you really need people to show up for you, when people really need you to show up for them. And from what I can see, there's not enough of that continuity. Not yet. We're getting there. You see, I'm an optimist, but I see it happening too. We're moving that direction, but we're not there yet. What's not working is we're, we're too focused on getting the, 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 the voice out there. We're too focused on being loud and making everyone aware, but it's time to go deep. We're spreading ourselves too thin on the surface. We're having these conversations. Yes, it's a little bit deeper than it was five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Absolutely. We're still just skimming the surface. There's not enough men who are sharing the deep, dark recesses of their soul with each other. See, that's what's required. Show me the ugly. Show me all of you. Let me see all of you. What do you got to hide? Nothing to hide. Not in a safe space like this. But I, see, I still see too many men who are afraid to show that side of themselves. And that's on us. I take that personally. I take responsibility for that. What have we not yet done to create spaces that are safe enough for men to reveal and show their true, deepest, darkest selves? Because we're only going to go as far as we're willing to go deep. 
So we got to create these spaces where we can go deeper, where we can do it more consistently, where we can show up for each other more frequently, more regularly. That's what brotherhood is. When we rebranded our membership space to be the brotherhood, we did that deliberately. And I'll be honest, I did that with some pushback from men in the community, men outside the community, because I wanted to reclaim this idea of what a brother is. There's biological blood brothers. Yes, siblings, of course. But then there's this different identity of a brother. Somebody who is there for you, no matter what. Somebody who has your back. The person that you call when you don't know where else to go. It's your lifeline. It's the last stop on the train. That's a brother. That person that you can count on to be there for you in those inevitable moments when you are going to be completely broken. When you're going to feel incapable, incompetent of showing up for yourself. That's what a brother will be there for. So that's why we are reclaiming the word brother and brotherhood to create a community of men who are determined and committed to show up for each other that way. That's what I want every man to have. And I don't care if it's under the rising man banner, but that's the standard. That's the new standard of what it means to be a brother to another man. What's not working is watering down this idea of brotherhood. Hey, brother. Yes, brother. Oh, brother. Brother, 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 brother. Come on. Let's not do a disservice to that word. What does it really mean to be a brother to somebody? Is a brother somebody that you just met? Is that the type of support you're looking for? Is that the type of support you're offering to somebody else? It's one thing to be open. It's one thing to be receptive. It's one thing to embrace every man. But to call him a brother, really think about that. So what's also not working? You get to be more deliberate, more careful, put more attention on the relationships that we're developing, right? Be really mindful of who you surround yourself with. Make sure that you're choosing people who lift you up, not people that you're just trying to emulate, not people who you think they, ha you, they have something that you want. Surround yourself with people who lift you up, who show up, who are... The, the ones who you can really lean on when you're not strong. That's what brotherhood is supposed to be. That's what it's there for. That's what's available to each and every one of us if we choose it, if we prioritize it. Now you see, my vision for brotherhood are men who build lives together, men who raise families together, men who take care of their corner of the earth together, who make the world a better place, who leave it better off than we found it. When we do this together, so much becomes possible. So much more becomes possible than we ever thought. I remember when we were in college and my bro, Phil Gomez, who you guys probably heard his name. You probably listened to his segment, Fam Life. Shout out to Fam Life on The Rising Man here. I remember he told me a story when we were in college. He went down to the Dominican Republic. Dominican Republic? Yeah, he was in the Dominican Republic. It was part of a class that he was taking. And they went down there and they were spending some time uh, observing the, the farmers down there. And what they learned from the, from local folks was that the farmers had a system for taking care of their land. Each day of the week, the farmers who lived in a cluster would all go and work at a different farm. They would all go and work together on a different farm on a different day. Instead of each one of them working on their individual farms separately, they all worked on Monday, they worked at this farm. On Tuesday, they worked at this farm and they just rotated. And they did this because they found that by doing the work together, it got more done. 
They were more efficient. They were more effective. They would sing songs. They would keep the morale high because hard, hot days out under the sun, doing that by yourself, it can break, it can break a man's spirit. But doing that together, man, so much more becomes possible. And I always think about this story when I think about men working together because one thing I've come to realize is that we are so amazingly capable of so much more than we think we are, but we have to be able to tap into it. And sometimes I know in my life, I've needed to find people who believe in me more than I believe in myself. Until I can believe in myself, I need people who believe in me that much. And when we work together, when we're doing life collaboratively, man, there is no ceiling. We have all the solutions we need to every problem that there is. We just need to apply ourselves together. So raising families together, taking care of land together, building businesses together, creating lifestyle and managing resources together. That's what we're here to do. It goes back to the same old metaphor of the, hunt the hunters in a pack, right? We weren't engineered to live solo on this planet. If we were, we would be able to reproduce within ourselves and create a baby by ourselves. We would be able to take down a woolly mammoth all alone. We'd have the, literally, we'd have the physical equipment, probably like long claws, and we'd be able to jump 30 feet in the air. But I don't know what your vertical looks like. Mine's nowhere near that. This body right here, without the benefits of modern technology, would not be able to sustain itself alone. That's just real talk. So we got all the evidence we need. We know that it's time to work together. And so much more is possible. I mean, just, just think about what life can be like when we're truly working together side by side. No bullshit. Just working for each other. We might actually be able to experience a life and a lifestyle where it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about we. It's about our families. It's not even about our families today. It's about our families tomorrow. It's about our families seven generations from now. It's about legacy. These words that rattle a man's soul and ignite a flame within you when you hear things like integrity and legacy, these are the words that activate that part of ourselves that has been dormant for centuries, buried under capitalism, under patriarchy, under all of these concepts that have shifted and tweaked the way that we interact as a society. These are the fundamental pieces that make us who we are, that activate us at our core as men. You know what it feels like. If you've ever done something simple together with a group of men, whether it's cleaning up a park or having a barbecue or helping a guy load up a moving truck, there's a sense of achievement we have when we do things together. When you, when you win a pickup game of basketball, it's, it's inherent, it's innate, it's in our DNA. We've literally inherited that from our ancestors because it reminds us of how good it feels to do things together. But what are we waiting for? It's time. It's time for us to figure this out. Time for us to work together more collaboratively. But it's not just gonna happen overnight. Not just gonna happen tomorrow or the next day. It might not even happen in this lifetime. But one thing's for sure, if we don't take this opportunity to advance that baton forward, then we're, all we're doing is we're setting our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren farther back. You see, I don't know about you, but the only thing that really matters to me is reaching 
high as I possibly can as I climb that mountain and digging my hands into the dirt, pulling myself one last time as high as I can go, and then digging in so that my son and my nephews can stand on my shoulders and go higher than I did. Every single one of us, whether you're a father, an uncle or not, that's what you're here to do is to get as far as you possibly can so that the next generation can go up a little bit higher. And so here's our opportunity. Here's our chance to really, truly begin working together to do this thing called men's work, but to make it more than men's work. Make it what we, what we do. A band of brothers, not just men who circle up and talk about our feelings, but men who are actually engaging in navigating the obstacles of life together. That is what this is all about. Everything up until now has been an introduction to the way that men operate. Now it's time to finally take the class. It's finally time to implement all of these things that we're learning about transparency and integrity and honor, commitments and accountability, vision and values, all these things that have been thrown out there on podcasts and on Instagram accounts. It's time to start putting that to the test. It's time to start implementing that in our lives. And that's what's next. That's the next step. And let that be a segue into what's coming. Because I tell you what, it finally feels like the ice is beginning to thaw. Like it's time. It's time for us to come out of our shells. Pandemic is ending. COVID is, is an afterthought for many people nowadays. Maybe not everybody, but many of us. We're starting to get ready to move on, to move forward, to come out of our houses, to get back into spaces with each other again, to embrace each other for crying out loud, literally embracing each other. It's time. We did the best we could. We, we worked from home. We had teleconferences, Zoom calls. Everybody's got a Zoom account now. We did the best with what we had for the past two years plus, but it's time. It's time for us to get back to our roots, our ancestral roots. It's time to light the fire literally and sit around it together. It's time to drop in. It's time to check in and talk about what we're experiencing, to look another man in the eyes, to challenge him, to push up against each other, to embrace each other when we need that. Provide that sense of acknowledgement and validation that only a man can provide to another man. It's time. And I'll tell you right now, for the first time announcing it live here on the podcast, the rising man is going live. <laughs> no, not another bonfire call. No, not another virtual workshop. We are going live. We are taking our fire circle teams and bringing them in person. In 2023, in the very, very, very near future, there will be in-person rising man fire circles popping up all over the place starting here in Austin, Texas, my new home right here. We're launching it. It's going live. And every man here is going to have the opportunity to surround himself with men, men who, who can come to know, men who will become brothers by the way we show up for each other. And we're going to create this network of fire circles in person all over the US, all over North America, and all over the planet. It's going to take some time. Can't tell you how long it'll take. All I can tell you is that it's starting because we waited for too long. We've held up as best we could with what we had for the past couple of years and all those years before that, but it's finally time to show up for each other, to reintroduce the hunter mindset, the 
pack mentality to the men here who are hungry for it, who want it, who know that we all get to go farther together. I might be able to move fast by myself, but together we go the distance. That's real talk. So if you're here in Austin, get ready because the fire circles are coming to town. And if you're in any of the other major cities, get ready because it's coming soon. It'll be there before you know it. And whether or not it's Rising Man or another organization of men, make sure that whatever, wherever you're spending time with other men, make sure that it's depth that you're creating, that you're going deep with each other. Yet not only that, you're showing up for each other. You're backing up the words with actions. Prove to each other that you can be counted upon and that I can count on you. You can count on me. Demonstrate that. That's that currency that I'm talking about all the time. That trust bank, just keep popping coins in that trust bank. Give your word, be your word. Give your word, be your word. Hear a man's word, receive his word. Acknowledge his actions. That's all it takes. It's simple. Sure ain't easy. Otherwise, we would have never stopped doing it. So, there you have it. Rising man coming to a town, to a city near you. These fire circles are getting lit. We're igniting them all over the place, starting here in Austin, Texas. So get ready. We're going to keep the fire circles live online so that we can keep that network going. We can keep that thread moving. So even if you're not in Austin, even if you're in the middle of nowhere, if you have a Wi-Fi signal, you have a community that's here to support you. You have men that you can develop deep and trusting relationships with. Believe that. And if it's not this community, then make sure it's one that holds the same high standard for what it means to show up for one another. Because that's what's required now. It's time to go beyond just sharing our thoughts and our feelings with each other. It's time to genuinely show up for each other, to care about each other, to think about each other in between calls, in between retreats and workshops, to actually be invested in each other's lives. That's brotherhood. And if you want that, then stick around. Because that's what I'm determined to create. That's what the men of this community the 300 original Spartans who showed up for Rising Man when we didn't even know where we were headed. That's what we're about. So if that's what you're here for, stick around. And we'll see you around the fire. All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Make sure you swing over to risingman.org. Get yourself registered in the Rising Man Brotherhood today. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to us and our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the Rising Man Movement. Please keep showing us that love everywhere you do. So much thank yous and gratitude to each and every one of you guys supporting the movement. Let's keep doing the thing. Until next time, rise up and claim your destiny.